step inside my living room Share a little talk By roads walked and lessons learned Keeping the flame of faith burning I wanna know where you've been What you found out Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the height in the hat, put it all in the hat. Hi, welcome back to Hat Radio. My name is Avram Rosenzweig, and this is episode 15. I must tell you, this is a groundbreaking episode because I am here with my very dear friend, my partner in crime. Mr. Marty Gallon. Thank you, Avram. Your best friend, not just your only friend. My very, very dear friend. Yes, your best friend, as I said. <laughs> now, yes. for those people who have been hiding under a rock for many years, um, let's give a little bit of a preface to this show and uh, talk about who we are and what we've done together. That's right. We've had quite a past <laughs> and future. Yeah, we, re- we really have. From <laughs> yes. 1995, I believe it was. To 2005, you and I, Marty Gallen and Avram Rosenzweig, we did commercial radio under the guise of Marty and Avram, the food guys. That's right. Marty and Avram, the food guys. (laughs) It's hard to believe that we went on so long. I know. I know. And not only did we do radio on CFRB, Talk 640. CHFI. Yes. Global TV. And Global TV. We did television as well. Yes. Five TV shows. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I think that it behooves me at this point in my life to thank you for all of this, Marty. Do I get any money from this? No. No. You get a great big hug. Maybe I'll give you an Israeli shekel. (laughs) Shekels aren't worth that much anymore, Avram. (laughs) No. But I want to thank you because firstly, I have to say that you were the definitive, the uh, most superlative producer. I mean, you're, 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 the way you work, we should talk about the way you work. Because you used to put together all the shows. Yes. You'd invite all the guests. And we did dozens and dozens and dozens of radio shows over the years. And you would put together these TV shows. And you would get financing for them, right? I did. I uh, seemed to work the magic. I don't know how it worked, but it, w- it was very magical. And uh, I don't know, it just started with radio and then all of a sudden it was television and, and then it was products and it just, it seemed to go on and on and on and uh, we just, you know, just pushed forward. You, you were incredible, I must tell you. So, you know, we got together, I mean, we became friends in the 80s, right? I was two. Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. were two, and I was six months old, right? <laughs> yes. We met. We met at our dear friend Julius Sisson's Passover Seder. We did. Remember that? We did, and we hit it off very well. Um, I think her name was Valerie. Was it Valerie? Valerie Cates was his girlfriend. That's right. And right. she invited us to come to this Passover Seder. Right. Which I brought with was um, I brought with my aunt uh, Martha. Oh. And we had gone, and uh, I hit it off with you. I think you were. 
a caretaker or a, cl- a plumber or something at the time. <laughs> right. Those, those were the days where I was cleaning the floors in a local public school. That's right, right. Exactly. <laughs> were you? Well, no, I wasn't. I was probably working for the United Jewish Appeal or something, wasn't something I? Something like that. Or maybe think, not. Who knows? No, you were, I think you were building um, crepes or something. Oh, that was. We yeah. talked about that on another episode. That's that was right. a nightmare. Ellie and I brought a cre- bought a crepe stand. We sold two crepes the entire summer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Julius has us over at his Seder. And Julius is a dear friend of ours. You've known him for almost 50 years, if not more. Yeah, 50 years. And uh, we hit it off. Yeah, we, we be- do. We became buddies. I say, please be my friend. I said, please be my friend. Please, <laughs> yeah, please. You begged me. Yes, uh, I did. I said, okay. I acquiesced. Yeah. Right. And and I think I felt uh, we were better friends than you thought we were, at least in the beginning. Right? Do you remember? I went to Israel. I fell in love with an Israeli girl. I got engaged, and I remember I called you in the middle of the night. Marty, what am I doing? Remember this? I, I couldn't believe that you called me because <laughs> you said, what should I do? Should I marry her? Should I marry her or not? Right. And I thought, I don't know if you should marry her. And you were so uh, warm and caring and loving that I was like, wow, he must think I'm his friend. Yeah, yeah. So over the years, you've always told me I, I had no idea we were so close at that point. But That's we right. were. We were in my mind anyways. And you didn't marry her. No, in the end, I did not. But we are still friends, actually. Right. Yes. You married me. <laughs> yes, in some ways. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was like a marriage. A food marriage. Yes. So um, the things evolved. You invited me to your home which was downtown. I lived uptown in a very Jewishly way. You lived downtown in a very flamboyant, free way. And here's another thing that I have to give you credit for. You opened up my mind and you opened up my life to a different lifestyle that I actually craved. Really? Oh, yeah. It was free and it was um, full of fascinating, colorful people. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed myself so much. Every time I would come down here, I felt as though I was walking almost outside of a cage sometimes. Really? Well, my father was a rabbi, was brought up in the Orthodox Jewish community, which I eventually, you know, sort of threw off. And coming down here, your life was full of fun. Well, we had dinners in a little bachelor apartment, right. sometimes right. seven people, and yeah. there was only room for the table. So you, right. people couldn't use the washroom, really, because it was so crowded. And I used to make turkeys, believe it or not. And there was like seven, eight people and like a little, little tiny bachelor apartment. Yeah, I remember you used to set up the table in this little, maybe 10 by 10 apartment. Right. And we'd crawl over the bed, yes. right? Someone said, do me a favor, pass the ketchup, right? Yes. Well, the ketchup was way over there. Okay, I'll crawl over the bed yeah. then and I'll get it for you, right? That's for sure. But it was incredible what you were able to accomplish. You had certain dishes also that you created in those times. What, what was one of your sort of classic well, of dishes? of course, my, uh, my turkey yeah. with Coca-Cola and orange juice. That's correct. And I did that in my stuffing. And uh, my meatballs. I made great meatballs. How did you make the meatballs, Drew? Well, Well, it's ground beef, and then I I put in mashed potatoes into the uh, meatballs. So they became fluffy and a little bit of ketchup and uh, some salt and pepper. Uh, they were great meatballs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You always yeah. saw yourself as a cook or a chef. Well, I I want to be chef. Very yes, much. I, I wanted think, to be yeah, chef. You were not a chef. No, I wasn't no. a chef. No. But everybody used to call me chef. Chef, because yeah. you used to walk around in chef pants. All the time. I still wear chef pants. That's the funniest thing, because yes. that is your choice of style. 
it's also fits uh, very loosely. And when you're a bigger boy, you know, you need to wear things that fit loosely. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny because every time you would come to a celebration, people would always directly direct you to the kitchen, right? Oh, that's right. I went to Julius's wedding and I was wearing my chef outfit. And the guy said, can you get back in the kitchen? I said, I am a guest at a wedding. I am not here to, you know, work in the kitchen. I am a guest. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yes. And, and it's funny because that happens all the time. For sure. Sure, all the time. So, so anyway, so things went on, um, and ultimately, you were always pursuing something of an acting nature, writing anything you could sort of get where you would sort of be like the center of attraction. You used to work at the Spaghetti Factory. I did. I worked there for many years. In fact, I have a certificate that says I can have free spaghetti anytime I want for, for the rest of my life. For the rest of your life. Yes, that's I got quite that. a coup. That's, well, it's wonderful. It's yeah. a lot of spaghetti. Do you take them? Uh, do you have I, them? I went a month ago. Uh, what'd you order? I had the Mazithra cheese, and I had the... Uh, uh, tomato cheese, so it's a mixture with two cheeses. Your dear friend? Uh, Peter Natchew. Peter Natchew, yeah. Who's now Graham Natchew. Uh, Graham Natchew is the son of Peter Natchew. Yeah, yeah. What so, a wonderful restaurant that is. Had a lot of fun there. I used to dress up and uh, wear different costumes and have fun, say, a party of thousand, Moses. And uh, so I had a lot of fun, and it was also a, a great place to meet people. I wait, wait. What was the joke? I'd back? say a, a thousand people. <laughs> uh, Moses, party a thousand. Oh, you would tell the kitchen? Yeah, the, well, I'd tell the, the head, the person on the uh, on the uh, loudspeaker. You know, I'd say different crazy things. Or it's, hey, it's it's Jesse's birthday party. It wasn't Jesse's birthday party. Or, hey, everybody, I'm getting married. And everybody would give me good tips. You were an awful waiter. Hello. No, weren't you? You told me you were. I was okay. I well, I wasn't great. You're Did right. Did you ever like pour stuff on people? I once uh, worked in Los Angeles and um, cheesecake factory. Right? I worked fat? at this Venice Noodle Company in okay. Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and my friend Gail Balkin had come to see me in Los Angeles, and I was so excited when she came in from Toronto, and I was uh, carrying a tray of meatballs, and I went, Gail, how are you? <laughs> and honestly, the meatball <laughs> went into slow motion. Yes. It fell on this guy's suit. He was wearing a white suit. And where did the meatballs fall? Very, very dangerous, a very dangerous place. Dangerously close to his future. That's right, his, his future. Gems. Yes, right, his gems. Right. And uh, so he had to have that cleaned. He was there with one suit, and he wanted to hit me because the balls went flying almost on his balls. His nuts, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'll never forget that. And he was wearing one suit, <laughs> and he had a business meeting, and we had to rush and get the suit cleaned. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know how to pick up the meatballs off of his area yeah how are you going to do that exactly i didn't know Exclu how to read. excuse me you, sir that's right sir I, the, can these i don't belong balls, to you yeah, no from your balls that's right did you feel badly about such things i kind of laughed a little bit because it was like watching a slow motion movie <laughs> and the balls just kept sliding and sliding and then they were on his balls like charlie chaplin yeah it was like something that really happened it was so scary and he grabbed his fist and was going to hit me really yeah the 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 female uh like his cast yeah his, his female uh friend said to me uh said to him hold on don't hit him you know she grabbed his wrist to stop because he's going to punch me oh yeah oh 
terrible, oh, traumatic. I've been tra- traumatized for years. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't see you standing up against a punch in the head. Well, I, I wouldn't feel good with a punch in the head. Well, I don't think so no. either. No, we've never fought physically, you and I. Oh my God, I've never we were fought. Close. With, oh, close. <laughs> we were close. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so let's get into that. So the years go on, right? They did go on. Nineteen ninety-four ish, I guess. A magazine approaches you, Marty Gallon. Yes. And says, uh, or you approached them because you were so aggressive. You took such initiative in terms of finding gigs for yourself, right? And ultimately for for me, right? Uh, honestly, like I'm going to talk about this throughout the show because I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Truly, I think you're one of the, the most, probably one of the best uh, producers around. And 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 so you approached this magazine that started up. And they said, sure, you can write for us. You asked for that. Uh, we'll give you two options. One was fashion. Yes. And one was food. food. Yes. Why, why didn't we take fashion? <laughs> well, we knew fashion would take, I mean, take a look at the both of us. We're oh, my schleppers. God. Oh, my God. We're not fashion conscious. No, That's for not. sure. We're not. And the magazine was a new magazine, and it was called Hot Toronto Magazine. Yes. And all of a sudden, you say to me, you know what? I want to write with you. Uh, so we become uh, we became tenderloin and fillet. Oh yes, I haven't thought about that in years. Tenderloin and fillet. Well, who was I? I was tenderloin. You were tenderloin. Yeah, I yeah. was fillet. Right, right. It was Phil A, like P H I L. Yes, fantastic. And tenderloin. I yes. love that. I love that. I, What's cool too is that you would come up with all these brilliant ideas. It was fantastic. But you knew nothing about food. No, so that's that's very true. I knew nothing about food. The only I, I knew about Kugel. Yeah. <laughs> I knew about functional Eastern European yeah. cuisine that my mother would serve me. Right. Yes. But as far as the calamaris, the foie gras, nothing, not a thing. No, you didn't no. know anything. But you said you wanted to do it. You wanted to do a food review. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I did. I, I and I think one of the uh, we did a show. We did. We wrote an article for a restaurant right over here on Church Street. Do you remember? What was it called? I can't remember. I don't think it exists anymore. And they literally, these people would like our articles. We would do funny things. Oh, like, yeah, Church and Wellesley. Yeah, yes. like the gay area. So yeah. we would do funny things like we would write, uh, we would write like, oh, the desserts were so creamy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to gobble them down and eat them, you know, to their fullest, as well as the waiter who served them. Remember? Right. <laughs> well, before that, before all this started, yeah. I wrote for a gay magazine. Yeah, you did. And That's I right. made it also very sleazy like very erotic the, the waiter sauntered over with yeah. his big beautiful eyes yeah. and uh, I wrote these articles and I tell you that the steam was coming out of my eyes uh, out of everybody's eyes yes out of everybody's but, eyes but the most fascinating thing was that people loved it they did yeah. they did they, they did they thought it was very sexy and uh, you know I just wrote Freehand. I just wrote as free as I could. Right, and yeah. I remember that too. Right. I remember first your your writing's real. Your script is very interesting. Like the curves are very big. You write like I love watching people's handwriting. You love my curves. <laughs> I do love your curves. <laughs> You're yeah. a liar to <laughs> yeah, cheat. Yeah, quite a sexy man. There you are. So um, you would I would come over and you'd show me the article. You would write it in in pen and, yes. and of course there were home computers at that time right well and gloria it, would type it for me i didn't know gloria martin gloria martin would type it for me oh and then you would send it in that's right right yeah right, and right. she would add a few little sexy moments yeah even more actually yes. yeah yeah but we started with as a fillet and tenderloin and then uh joey c said you can't be fillet and tenderloin you have to be 
your names. So, of course, my name was Marty and you were Avram. And that started Marty and Avram in our little clips about food. So, so Joey C is uh, Joey C still around? He is still around. He's a cool guy. Joey's a really cool guy. He's a very nice guy. Yes, right. He does the chocolate ball now and makes lots of money. What is that? The chocolate ball? It's a, a different uh, venue with chocolates, different kinds of chocolates. Okay, and he does it through the week. And he, he raises lots of money. Uh, I mean, he, he he sells chocolate, and he does it at uh, Roy Thompson Hall, and he does it at different places. And he does it, I think, in Vancouver now, too, the what chocolate was, ball. What was the magazine that he used to publish? Hot Toronto Magazine. Right. And yeah. he, he had that. Uh, we were in Hot Toronto Magazine. We were in the Hot Toronto Magazine. Joey was always a very generous guy. He was the type of guy where you think that he, you think he was selfish, because he, but he wasn't. He was very, very giving. Giving, but he didn't pay us much money. Well, maybe that's why. Right. <laughs> I think he gave us once fifty dollars. Did he? he gave us, yeah, and, and it was very hard for cheap. him to open his fist. That's right. <laughs> he was very cheap, and we we were so happy to just be working right. as Marty and Avram, the food guys. And we really we really appreciated Joey, and we, we still did. do. There we are do. Few, so there are people in the beginnings of our career. Uh, I think uh, who we owe a lot of appreciation for uh, sure uh, for uh, to, toward, and one of them is uh, is is Gloria and the other is uh, Danny Kingsbury so right. w- what happened with those two well uh, Gloria said they're looking for radio uh, personalities and they, they need a radio personality and uh, so I called up at 640 yes 640 and they said hi I'm Marty and they said well would you like to be on the radio because yeah. uh, I'm Marty and Avram and we had done things with uh, CTV and different things we made a turkey with Remember this, that with this one lady a oh, broadcaster crazy and we did we did actually we were regular people on CFTO uh, TV so I called up Danny he said yeah come down and I'd like you to do a show we didn't know anything about doing a show and, and anything about it was a, a 12 hour no so not 12 hour 12 o'clock show mm. and 12 to 1 and I got Massimo from Massimo from Mistura restaurant Massimo Capra the Capra. famous chef so he would come with us and talk about food, and we would also talk about food, but we really weren't talented <laughs> in talking about gourmet food. No. So we went on the air, and we had we kibbutzed a lot and talked about food, and Massimo led most of the conversation. And what happened was, uh, the week later, Danny Kingsbury calls me up and he says, would you guys like to be on radio? Yeah. I nearly pletzed. I also. What yes. a miracle. I like. Do you want your own hour radio show? Unbelievable! Yeah. Who does that happen to? Nobody. No. No. <laughs> but by the way, I should say that we were on Horseman Liederman. Yes. There was a show which was on Talk Six Forty, and it was these two lovely people, uh, Horseman Liederman. That's right. And uh, they were very, very accomplished, very successful. And Danny says, "Okay, you know what? Go on their show." Yeah. Right, and they'll kind of lead everything. So we did. Yes. And we were very vivacious and over the top, remember? Very over the top. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't control us, really. No, we had a great time. We were over the top. And, uh, you know, how many times do people hand you a radio show? I he know. He said to us, yeah. as you remember, you guys jump out at the radio. He said, I've never seen anything like it. You're just alive and funny and entertaining, and you jump out of the radio. So uh, you're right. We were on Horseman Liederman at first, and then we were on our own radio show. Well, we actually had some one of their 640 guys sitting in with us for a few weeks. Yes. Do you remember that? And, and he would kind of hit the buttons and he would speak to the producer. That's right. He would sort of lead us, right? Yes. But then as things went, 
Um, I became much more accustomed with the production side of it. You did. In, in, terms of, in terms of hitting the appropriate buttons in the studio itself. You were very good at that. Yeah, and you became extraordinary at booking on the guests. I was. And you were also very extraordinary at uh, putting everything together. You had everything laid out. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to just going. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Free and easy. You're and not. you had lines, everything written out, sentences, everything. And I'm just used to, you know, just shooting out off the top of my mouth. Early on, I wanted yeah. to kill you because what would happen was we would sit on the phone for three hours, or let's say on Saturday. That's right. Because let's say our show was on Sunday. And yeah. through the years, it changed all the time but anyway so we would spend all this time we would go guest by guest by guest and we would talk about potential questions we could, we would ask them i would type the whole thing up you did and, you typed it out yeah bring this finished script with a beautiful cover page i would hand it to you and we would start the show and you wouldn't look at it and i go marty look at the script i you didn't wear my glasses right. you said i forgot my reading glasses <laughs> i was gonna kill you <laughs> but you continued to put the messages together well and i couldn't stop <laughs> yeah i guess you couldn't stop it was a habit yes <laughs> but anyway so toxic 40 launches our uh show it's called marty and Avram. was it called the food guys at that time i think so yeah on toxic 40 it yes. was marty and Avram. yeah the food guys was it and we we started to build and 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 your idea was to bring on waiters and waitresses right regular people regular folk and and also chefs sous chefs their assistants restaurateurs anybody who was affiliated in some way with the food and restaurant industry that was my idea also my idea was let's bring food into the studio yeah because then we'll get free food even if it isn't a good interview right so um i would have people come and bring food like lots of food i tell them bring enough for 20 30 sometimes even 50 people right right so they would come and bring the food and they'd have it all prepared so after the radio uh broadcast we would have this luncheon and then mm -hmm. we would talk and do a, a kumbaya moment where we talk about our lives and our, our moms and and uh, how lucky we were to be entertaining people and also tasting their food and also talking to them. Yeah, it, these days were absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. We would go into the Toxics 40 Studios, which was a sister station to Q107, and it would be Sunday morning. And we would have three guests on or four guests some of them very high profile. One yes. point we had on, we also had singers. Every show had a live musical guest. That's right. So we would have people on like Michael Bublé. Yes. Remember? Yes, he did. He came on. He uh, I think actually came on to Mandarin. Michael Bublé came on to Mandarin with us, and uh, he he sang, and I had to pay for his cab fare home. <laughs> did you? That you was did. part of the deal, him and his girlfriend. Well, okay, you could probably ask him back with interest, right? But the <laughs> Mandarin very, restaurant <laughs> is, a, is a local buffet, Chinese buffet, right? That's right. They, they were wonderful. Mandarin. So, so anyway, so we would have all these guests on, and Marty would always say, like you just said, uh, bring out enough food for 20 people. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say you got to feed 20 people. You gotta feed and they didn't mind because no. it's their food and they wanted to taste it anyways. Yeah. So we would have these enormous parties. And we'd have a, a sort of a jazz player with bongo, bangos, bongos. Yes. yes, yes. 
every single Sunday morning, right? Yes. Um, and we would have assistants as well. That's Remember right. that? About 10 assistants. 10 assistants would come and help us and set things up. That's right. I think we might have even launched some careers, did we? Uh, I think we did, Elliot and uh, Amy. And, did they become chefs or something? Um, some of them actually entered into the restaurant business or the entertainment business. Yeah, where did you find these people, Jim? I found them through Ryerson, lots of them. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Right, right. So and the, and the show would go on sometimes for two hours, sometimes for three hours. Yes. And then uh, we would finish um, and go out into the lounge area. That's right. And there were people there from Q107, like Andy Frost. Remember right. Andy? Yeah, yeah. I think because Andy does the Sunday show, or used to. Right, with the great voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the great voice. And, and, and everybody could partake in these enormous feasts. Right. Right? I, I think eventually Toxics 40 got a little annoyed with us, did they? Well, I, I they actually did. Um, our last day was at uh, the studio, and they said, we're going to bring in about five people. I thought five people that were uh, from a church group, uh, homeless men. Well, it wasn't five people. It was 25 people. It was a choir, a, a homeless choir. choir. And they had all their belongings with them. They also had... Mandarin restaurant that was at the event. Uh -huh. While they were eating, pushing food into their shirts and uh, into their uh, knapsacks. Pockets. And uh, we had probably about 50 to 60 people. That was our last day. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it, they sort of said, we've had enough of you. <laughs> right, that's exactly what happened because right. we were in a studio that was tiny. Tiny. Five by seven or yeah. something really small. Yeah. And we would pile sometimes 25 or 30 people in there. It's almost like those old Laurel and Hardy things where, mm -hmm. where they get 30 people into That's a... That's right. A, a, keep shoving them in. Keep shoving them in to like, right. like to an old Volkswagen or something. And um, yeah, and, and, and I think the people there are just like, okay, you guys can't keep doing this. Right. Right. So they actually let us go. Yes. Right. Now we were lucky because we got another gig at CFRB. That's right. And we were there for another five years. That's right. Which was great. Ten years altogether. Altogether. So, but when we were at 640, let's, we'll take a step back again. So some of the people whom we used to have on would be uh, really some of the great chefs. And you yes. mentioned our dear, dear friend, Massimo Capra. Massimo Capra, right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, stuck with him and he stuck with us. And he'd always come on our show. Um, there were so many chefs. I mean, they're, all the top chefs were on our show and they were all there cooking. Do you remember uh, Michael Statlander? Michael Statlander, yes, amazing. He made uh, chicken soup. That was amazing. He also eventually evolved into a place where he decided he wanted enough of restaurants. Right. He Do you remember to, this? That's right. He moved to a village. He moved to a village. That's right. And he would slaughter his own food. That's right. And you could come to his farm. Yeah. Um, and, and be his guest together with, I don't know, four or five other people. Right. And pay about $500 <laughs> pay like a, a fortune day. for a dinner. Fortune. Yeah. And he would serve you food that was entirely fresh because it had been slaughtered by him. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, I think we also had on Mark McEwen Mark from McEwen. North 44. That's right. Well, remember Mark? Oh, yeah. He was amazing. Extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, he's a consummate professional. That's right. Well, what was cool about our job, Marty, is that people would invite us to their restaurants. Right. So Mark would invite us to North 44. Yes. And Mark Tewitt from across the street. What was yeah. that restaurant called? Uh, Mark Tewitt was Centro. Centro, and it's closed But you, do you remember what happened? We went. Oh, to, yeah. We, so we went there for dinner. Oh, yeah. And uh, we went there with Gloria and her mom, and we had the dinner. And usually I would say, you got to give us a free dinner because we're going to put you on radio. And <laughs> right, they were okay right. with that. 
And then this maitre d comes over to us and he says, ah, hello, Marty, yeah, yes. Hello. Oh, I hear you're on, Marty, Marty. Yeah. Uh, you're on the radio, I hear. You're going to be Sunday morning. This was Saturday night. We had about 10 people there. I yeah. think you were there, too. Uh, no, of course and, I was there. And, uh, I thought the story was about me. <laughs> <laughs> See how we forget? Yeah, thank you. So uh, would you like uh, some Louis the Thirteenth cognac? Why not? I've never had Louis the Thirteenth. I heard it's a bit of money. We ordered two shots of Louis the Thirteenth. They were five hundred dollars each, like a shot. Yeah, a yeah, shot. Yeah, I didn't even like it. Five hundred dollars. I didn't even know. And so he comes to the table. He says, "That's a thousand dollars for <laughs> yeah, the Louis the Thirteenth." Right. Right. And uh, Gloria's mom said, "Oh my God, you're going to have to pay a thousand dollars for two drinks." Right. Right. So we were shocked. And I said, look, he's not coming on the radio. We thought that was free. Do you remember that? Right. <laughs> I do. I that do. was so embarrassing. I, I think it's called Louis the Fourteenth. Oh, okay. It's Louis I think the Fourteenth. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. And I remember looking at the fellow and saying, listen, I, I thought the bottle was yeah. like $500. That's right. He's, are you crazy? The bottle is $1,500. That's right. You know, each yeah, shot yeah, is. Yeah. And uh, we, we were quite embarrassed. But still, we, we had an excellent time. I mean, we went to some of the finest restaurants. We, we did. We yes. went to some of the greatest greasy spoons. Uh-huh. We went to, you remember the, uh, the the Tulip restaurant, Marty? Oh, yeah, the Tulip was great. Yeah, yeah. With Pauline and, and her husband, David. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Tulip uh, was way out sort of on the east side. Yeah. And it was, uh, let's say the ambiance would not be construed as north 44 in nature no. no more of a diner type of place a yes, breakfast place very much so but yeah. people would come from far and wide for the steaks yes do you remember yeah of course they still sell steaks there do, do, were you a steak guy in those days not really i've never been a big steak not guy. really i used to like rib steak did you yes and 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 the tulip would have us out and it was uh, an incredible experience but because we were able to understand the different types of restaurant That's tours, right. right? Yeah. So when the tulip would have us come out, we would know what it was like to be in a place that was very organic and earthy. Yes. When the when the Mark Twits, the Michael Statlanders of the world would have have us out, we understood the very high end stuff, yeah. the cut glass that you would see at oh, North yeah. Forty Four. Yeah. And uh, it it was an experience because we ran the whole gamut That's of right. the restaurant and food industry, right? Right. And nothing. We didn't shy away from anything we just no. kept eating no there's <laughs> only one chef who wouldn't invite it who, who didn't come on our show do you remember who it was uh i'm not sure Susser Lee. oh yeah, Susser yeah Lee wouldn't Susser, come on what's our... up with him well he didn't want to come on our show um no he did i think we saw him once but he didn't come on our show yeah he wouldn't come on our show no he didn't yeah. want to come on our show and he didn't want to give us a free meal yeah either. we didn't want him either no no <laughs> no well, yeah. sometimes people would look at us i mean because we were pretty, we're disheveled yeah, yeah, we're disheveled. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, why would we want to be on someone's show like that? But That's yeah, right. Screw you, Sue, sir. Yeah. Well, we um, we seem to blend into everybody we met. I we mean, did. We had that personality and that energy and uh, the charisma and the chutzpah. Yeah. Of two people that it was hard for people to turn us away. It was, wasn't it? That's right. And people started to realize who we were and what we were trying to accomplish, bring uh, foodies together. That's right. In a very warm, loving way. That's right. All right. kinds of people, from you know people that were chefs to people that were garbage men to people right. that were you know just low on the restaurant chain. Sure, like talking about garbage men, we yeah. had uh, someone on who was a uh, firefighter. That's right. You rem- remember how he yeah. talked about the kitchen? That's right. A- in the fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? The what's it called where they uh, work out of? The, the fire station. Fire station. Yes. Well, do you remember how that worked? Yeah. 
Well, we were actually filming. We filmed a TV show oh, once yeah. at the fire station. Yeah. And the middle of everything, uh, the fire alarm goes off. Right. We're shooting a TV show. Right. And we're left with just the two of us. We slid down the pole. <laughs> <laughs> you pushed me down the pole. Yes, and I would again. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. But it was interesting with the firefighters is that they all took their turn. Yeah. To cook, to cook dinners because they were there for like sometimes 48 hours. For sure. Um, and now some of them were better chefs. Some of them were better cooks. Well, they spent days cooking. They would go uh, shopping and then cooking. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes I'll see a fire truck over at Metro at Shepherd and Bathurst in the area that I live. And I always uh -huh. talk to these guys, you yeah. know. And some of them are really good cooks. You always talk to everybody. Well, know? I'm a talkative guy. You like to talk I to am. people. I am. I'm a talkative guy. I learn from people by talking to them. You yeah. do. You have a... Marty, what do I have? Yes. You have a sense of... Um, feeling uh connected to people and no matter what uh their ethnic background is or right. who they are or right. uh who they where they come from you you want to know who they are sometimes i remember it would kind of get you upset when i spoke to everybody but what would get me upset and this is my chance to tell you honestly after all these years yes <laughs> i would walk into a restaurant and you know me i was i'm an anxious person right not you. Yeah, yeah, I'm anxious. And by the time I get to a restaurant, I want to leave. Right. Whereas you're there and you'll stay till two, three, four in the morning with a hundred people. So I'll walk in and I'll, I'll walk in like with a hood over my head. I didn't yeah. want to be seen. And Marty at the other end of the restaurant. <laughs> You go, hey, Avram. But you would order from the maitre d' or you would order yeah. from the dishwasher. Yeah, I do weird we, we, I say, yeah. Avram, it's the dishwasher. He doesn't take orders. Well, and right. you wanted to get the order right away in and out. I just wanted to come in and go out. That's right. Yeah, and you always got so excited. You got angry with me. You go, what are you leaving already for, right? Well, you'd, you'd, you'd exit very quickly. Yeah, because I, I, was I think dining should be a time that you enjoy and you sit back and you taste the food, right. but not talking to the dishwasher about the gourmet joys of life. Right. So I'd rather go and hide in the kitchen. That's right. Right. Because that's my nature. But the funny thing is, is that you would pull me out. And you would be very loud. You were always loud. And you would go over to people and you'd introduce, ah, we're Marty and Avram, the food guys, right? I was proud of you. I know. Well, I was proud of you, too. Yeah. Just nervous. That's all. Okay. Hey, hey, do you remember Pasquale, the singing chef? Yes, he loved us. He was on the show many, many times. And he just loved us. And he'd, he'd sing. <laughs> and uh, we enjoyed him greatly. He just was a joy and uh, so down to earth unfortunately he passed away he did pass away yeah. but what a lovely guy he would and lovely he guy. was i think he was a trained opera singer he was right yeah which is sort of another example of what you find in the restaurant industry is you find individuals who may have come from another background yeah um it seems like everybody wants to open a restaurant and i guess he did yeah. But what do you think to that point, Marty? Didn't you find over the years that everybody would tell us, or so many people would tell us, oh, sure, I'd love to own my, open my own eatery? They all believed that they could do it, and they right. all believed that they would be successful. Unfortunately, right. they weren't. For me, the most exciting thing was, you know, tasting all the food. I grew up uh, as a welfare kid, and we would go out once a week for dinner. And... Um, when I was tasting all this food and being treated to dinners and, and trips and Chicago and different places, it was so special because I felt 
wow, I can really taste food. I can taste good food, and I don't have to pay for it, Mm -hmm. which was even better. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. they'd want to feed you. They'd want to feed you the best. So unfortunately, a lot of people went by the wayside because they believed that running a restaurant was easy. It's not easy. No. No, and it's harder now than it's ever been. I think the challenge that people found in running a restaurant would be number one the hours that they had to put in the hours the food costs the food costs the labor costs yeah you know they're just the time in working at the restaurant right you're there for 12 15 hours right that's a lot of time over it's a lot of time now yeah. marty do you remember there would be restaurants that would open up and they would invite us to come and we knew right away that they weren't yeah. going to last. And they wouldn't listen to us no, either. They, no, you no. always gave. I remember you always consulted. That's right. But you they would not listen. They felt like they knew, and you'd say, "No, the food's not good," or the, you know, the terrible service. Right. And, you know, so they would disappear. There were times where we would go into a restaurant, and there was just way too much salt in the food. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually once set up. Do you remember we were set up by a restaurant? No, they I didn't don't. like us. They didn't like us. No? And we came in there, and they put a ton of salt into the food. Oh, Do you yes, remember that? I remember it. Yes, yeah. that was. Uh, uh, oh my God! Right down at Blue Jay Way, near Blue Jay Way. Yeah, and they well, they actually salted your food. Remember that? Yeah, and then they put not only salt in, they put hot spice in. You nearly fainted. I remember there were there were certain people who were really nasty too. Uh, you once went into a restaurant. Um, they invited you to come. And you came, you had a lovely dinner, and then you said, thank you so much, we'll be in touch. You left. And then some journalist wrote something about you. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. They that you said, eat and ran? That's well, eat and ran, and also that I was looking for free food. Oh, it was disgusting. Which was true. <laughs> well, that might have been true. Yeah, but <laughs> they did write about us, and they wrote a, a journal saying that he, all he wants is the free food. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just want the free food. I wanted the, the, the chance of tasting different cuisines and the free food. Yeah, no, no. That was most, yes. un- that, that was most unfortunate, was it not? Yeah sad you know but there were so many good times and we we had so many good times together we uh were on the radio we were uh, at the taste of the danforth we were in no frills we did a seafood event at no frills of yeah. all places right and our friend uh, renee roth who was there uh roth was her name roth? yes renee roth renee roth was the person that worked for the radio station with her uh mom joanne Ma- and, mm-hmm. that's right joanne right Yes, Joanne, and yes. I know it's hard for you to even talk about Renee at this point because she was so vital and so alive. Beautiful and person. And took us to such heights as far as, even though it was a no frills, we worked at the Highland Farms, we went to Highland Farms. Those were her clients and she paid quite a bit of money to have us live on the radio. Yeah, she was lovely. Lovely person. And lovely then she person. passed away, Marty. She did. I read her her, her last rites. Yeah. Yeah. We missed her tremendously, and we loved her. She was so vital and always a, a good friend to me. At first, she, I think, was closer to my friend and then became more your friend. Over time. Yeah, Over because time. I knew her through the radio station. Yes. And we would go out and sell, like we sold um, Renee's salad dressing. We yeah. sold the dressing. And, Renee and Unger. Renee Unger. She was another. Do you remember her? She was very eccentric. Yeah, great friend of ours. Oh, my great friend of ours. And we made so many friends uh, Renee was Renee's Unger, uh, Renee's salad dressing, which is still going, a multi-million dollar business. She now. sold it. Yeah, she sold it for $55 million. $180 or something. $180 million. Yeah. So we made friends along the way. And uh, uh, what was her name? The the woman that did cooking, um, uh, she, was, she did kosher cooking. 
Uh, oh, Noreen Gillis? No, Noreen Gillis. Do you remember her? Yeah, I was just in touch with her about my son's bar mitzvah. Right. She yeah. wrote about 10 books to Noreen Gillis. Oh, yeah. We had some yeah. great experience with authors, remember? Yes, we loved authors. Oh, we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So excellent, excellent experiences because a lot of people felt that they could write a, a cook, cookbook. That's right. Yeah. I don't I, know why we thought we could write a cookbook, which we did. We did? We wrote a cookbook, believe it or not. I put it together. It was with Unico Foods. Right. And we right. put it together. I've still got the cookbook. And we got top chefs. We didn't cook anything. Right. We just compiled it. We compi compiled it. And we got the top chefs in, in Canada. And they wrote their recipes in 20 minutes or less with Massimo. Right. And, yes. And we wrote that cookbook. They did 100 million copies. And then they did another 100 million copies. Are you sure that's the right number? 100 million? 100,000 copies. There we go. Yeah. Hello. 100 million sounded. <laughs> Let's not let's not ruin the rainbow, please. Uh, no, but I just love you with numbers. Like we'd have a guest on, you know, someone who would open up a restaurant, and you'd start off, well, you know, we have Sid McDonald here today, just open up a brand new restaurant. I believe on opening night you had 10 million people there. <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember, but I got a call from Seattle, and they said there's a new product coming to Toronto. It's called Starbucks. Yes. I thought, oh, my God. We're on every corner in Seattle. So I said to my friend Diane, I don't know anything about coffee. You taste the coffee when these guys come. Right. And so there are four guys dressed in suits, all with very expensive canisters. They flew in from Seattle that morning, and they were on our show that day. Yes. Uh, there were four of them. There were, there were suits. Like, we're not talking suits. We're talking big-time suits. Three-piece. Oh, yeah, three-piece. And, you know, everything was very neat. No no, no uh, lint on their suit. And uh, so what happened was, so Diane goes into the room with them, and they bring out the coffee. It's burning hot coffee. And uh, so I says, Diane, you're going to taste it. So we're on the air. It's all quiet. And she grabs the cup, and she tastes the cup. And she goes, <coughs> Yeah, right, right. And then another, <coughs> Right. And then she's coughing hysterically <laughs> yeah, that's right. and can't catch her breath. Right, right. And we don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. But she's, she can't stop coughing. Yes. And the suits actually left. They ran out the door. They left the canister with them. And that was the beginning of Starbucks, but we never... Uh, well, she didn't like the coffee. She didn't mind the coffee, but they told her to... No, she didn't mind the coffee. Oh. They said to treat it like wine where you... <laughs> You kind of slurp, slurp, slurp it. it up. And she did. Well, one slurp led to a cough. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, she didn't mind the coffee. <laughs> I thought she didn't like it. No, she didn't mind the coffee, okay. but she, okay. she did one too many slurps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be Diane. Too many That's slurps. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Mart, another another thing you just remind me of is, is individuals we'd have in the uh, studio um, of a high profile nature. We had David Wolfman in the studio. Do you remember David right, Wolfman? Right. So David Wolfman was the executive chef at George Brown College Culinary School. I don't know if he's still there where David is. Have you heard about him? He's still alive, but he's not the executive chef anymore. He's alive and cooking. We used to call him Little Moishy Running Bear. Running Bear. Why? Yeah. Because he was part Native and part Jewish, That's right? right? Yeah. I guess we got away with that stuff, did we? <laughs> we seem to... Um, People were okay with us. They were okay with it, and they just they saw the whole thing as it's a lot of fun, and they're harmless. Yeah. So, so David comes into the studio, and he says, guys, I'm going to treat you to something really, really special. Yeah. Of course, we're all excited. We're oh always my gosh. we're open to new experiences. Oh my god! He takes out the grill. Remember, people yes. used to cook in the studio. Yeah, he did. He would cook in the studio, right? And, and, and the you'd smoke. Have, you'd have you'd have ho 
almost come on after our show. Yeah. Like guys who were doing sports. That's right. And they would complain <laughs> to the producers. Yes. Where they go, oh, what was that smell? So David decided that he was going to make buffalo burgers in the studio. Oh, my God. Remember that? I remember the buffalo burgers. Oh, my gosh. This, the the, the smell was horrendous, and then we tasted it, Whoa. and I had no place to spit it up. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the smell was horrendous. It's one of those things I think about today, and I, I honestly, I feel like hurling. I, I feel like vomiting. Well, both of us, and he's going, aren't they delicious? Aren't they and delicious? the smell was terrible. We was going, sorry, Dave. <laughs> you know, but he was a lovely guy. Oh, my God. He Wonderful re- person. He really was a lovely guy. Amazing guy, yeah. It, it, the smell of that buffalo, uh, it just, it, I it, I felt like it was the nook of the north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so um, other other individuals whom we would have on, like we said before, would include the people who not peripheral to restaurants, but sort of the second line, like servers, waiters yes. and waitresses, waiters and waitresses. And, and We'd you, have waiter of the day too. We, that's right. We would have waiter. We gave I think, them a, a reward, a, we, award. What did we give them? Do you remember? We gave them a, a like an affidavit, you know, a, a diploma, waiter of the day. We printed stuff uh, up. We printed stuff up. But you had, I know, you had a certain feeling for them because you yourself were a waiter for many years, as That's you right. said. Yes. Right? I, I was always fascinated with things. Like, like I would always ask, uh, what was your biggest tip? Yeah, yeah. You know? And I remember someone came in. They said Dan Aykroyd had come in as one of their guests, and uh, he left a sizable tip. Right. Um, I know they worked really, really hard. Yeah, they did, and they right. were very honored to be, you know, um to be part of this this group that uh, you know respected their yes. waiter of the day of the year of the yeah. month yes. yeah we we thought that by doing so that we would give them a positive feeling about what they did that's right right and yeah. and, and i think by and large we were successful we at did it. a lot of waiters of the day were just delighted and told other waiters about they were the waiter of the week or the day right exactly yeah. exactly um i want to go back to something that we started talking about a few minutes ago which yes was some of the live musical guests we had and some of the special guests we had. We had uh, James Carvel yeah. uh, came on our show. He was a Democrat, right? Yes. His wife was a Republican. And I think he was one of the guys who got Clinton into the White House. That's right. He did. Right, right. And he was a fascinating guy from Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, how did you get him? I don't know how you used to get these guys. I don't know. They, they just... Uh they were doing a big gala event at the Ford Center for the Performing Arts. Okay. And they were doing a big event, and we were the only media person invited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they invited us to come. And he was there, and uh, they, you know, we didn't know if we'd get any time with him, but we did. We got some time with him. Yeah. You remember so what he, he said to us? Right. He, he goes, we asked him, he said, so, like, do, do, do you like kosher food? Are you ever been at a kosher event? Well, I'll tell you, boys, I, I come down in Louisiana, I go to a Passover Seder, I love nothing more than your matzah yeah. with crawdads. That's right, you your remember? matzah balls. There. Matzah balls with crawdads, yeah. right? And he was such a, a gentleman, too. He was so nice, wasn't but he? I was out, he was, and he, yeah. and he was funny and he was sweet. But I was always amazed at, 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 uh, at how you would get these people. I know you would come to me uh, before the weekend before our show and you say oh however i went out to an event because you used to go out to every event right right like you were out you were everywhere right everywhere Everywhere. yeah and you would say to me guess who i was sitting next to (laughs) and i go who marty yeah you go i was sitting next to the ceo of timex watches that's right remember that that's right right yeah and to you you're you're not you're not really uh um you're not a, a guy who's sort of starstruck are you 
Not really. I, no. You know, I treat everybody the same. You do. You do. Yeah. So you started talking with the guy. You told him about our show. Would you like to come on? And usually these guys said yes. Right. Right? Well, the guy from the the brewery, Right. Uh, he was on, uh, not a brewery, he was from a, a gin or something company member, and we ended up doing a show with him. He sponsored our show. That's right. He sponsored the show. Uh, we had more beer. Yeah. Um, than most people had in a lifetime. They and would I, send us beer. We don't even drink beer. No. No. It was, uh, times like that <laughs> I wish I had, right? <laughs> well, we did, we ended up doing a show called Beer Buddies, and it was uh, about uh, six guys cooking with beer and uh, using uh, food and appetizers with beer, but we ended up doing a TV show called Beer Buddies. Yeah, yeah. And so, we had lots of beer. We didn't drink beer. So No, we didn't, but I really wish we had. I want to get into that in a sec, but I just want to continue in this line of thinking about some of the... Uh, uh, some of some of the live musical guests. We had fascinating people come into our studio. Remember, we did uh, Harry Belafonte. We did Harry Belafonte. Yes. Remember that was fascinating. We actually did. It was a remote that we did. We used yes. to make a lot of money on remotes. Remember? We did make some good money. Well, yeah, we made yeah, decent sometimes money. Sometimes five hundred dollars each. I think we'd make five hundred dollars a show, and then for the remote, we'd make like another thousand. Yeah, we made a lot. They paid us a lot of money to do remote. But then later on, they they, they <laughs> gave us fifty dollars. Like CFRB was really cheap. That's right. Remember that? Yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah. Six forty yeah. was much better. Yes. So, so uh, we're we're interviewing Harry Belafonte and his yeah. wife. Honestly, two of the most extraordinarily looking people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And and they were so gracious. They were talking about UNICEF. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, he was very amazing. And yes. and, and we were in this big. I don't know, it was Royal York or one of these five star. It was hotels. Royal York. Were you wearing your chef pants? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. I was wearing my chef pants. <laughs> you were right. Yes. Right. And that that was truly the interesting thing about what we did, right? Yeah. We had Jose Feliciano on our we show. We did. When he walked in, I was so amazed that a girl brought him in because he was blind, and there was Jose Feliciano. I mean, one of the greatest vocalists in in the world. Yes. Yes. And remember, he was on and Feliz yes. Navidad. Yeah, Feliz Navidad. And we yeah. also sang Light My Fire with him. That's right. Come on, baby, yes. light my fire. You have a nice voice, by the way. Oh, I have a lovely voice. You know, you do. You do. Oh, very good. Yeah. What was the name of the you guy? You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A smile is but a smile. See, we, we can start a new career. Yeah, we can dance. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. He was from southern United States. And uh, do you remember him? Who, oh, who my that? God. Who was that? Uh, Patsy Klein uh, was it Patsy oh. the husband of Patsy Klein oh, Patsy Klein yeah yes. that's right and do you remember the song from Patsy Klein I don't remember the no, song no no but I remember yeah the husband of Patsy Klein the husband of the pa Patsy Klein I want to tell you a story about Jose Feliciano I bet yeah. you I bet you don't remember this Jose Feliciano was talking about uh, growing up uh, in uh, an environment which was extraordinarily poor yes and oh, I remember. Do you remember this story? And yeah. his father was a cotton picker. That's right. And Jose started to play the guitar. Yeah. And he started to get better at it. That's right. And as he got better at it, he would play at local cafes. That's right. And soon enough, those local cafes became uh, halls. And then those halls became um, like small venues and larger venues, you yeah. know, where, where people would come to listen to music. And his father, he said, was jealous of him. Yeah, he was jealous. And, and I, for all these years, have been thinking about that because there are certain rules in life, one of which is parents take great pride in their children's success, mm -hmm. right? And the idea that a father or a mother would become jealous of their child is almost anathema to the organic way 
that life uh, works. I, yes. I was always stunned by his that. His father was never happy with him. No, because no. he was he did better than he did. That's right. Right? Yeah, he was right. very upset. Do you remember the gentleman, Jeff, uh, he was a blind gentleman. Jeff Healy. I was Jeff just Healy. talking to somebody about this, morning. And uh, we had yeah. him on the show many, many times. Yeah, I remember. Oh, oh, here's something I wonder if you remember. We used to have these little uh, plastic... Uh, farm animals that we would put on the table. Do you remember That's this? Right, yeah. J- just as a shtick. I think a lot of entertainers have these little things right. that they do. They were like our little um, uh, mementos. Like our a little, ritual. Yeah, rituals. Ritual. We yeah. put out these little cows and little yeah. pigs. And then Jeff Healy comes in and he feels around just to get his, you know, wherewithal where he is. And he would touch the farm animals. <laughs> and he would, he would say, what the fuck is this? You have a bunch of farm animals. <laughs> yeah. It was the funniest thing. Yeah, we'd have you'd have a whole assortment of different animals. I I love Jeff Healy. Yeah, they're still at home. Um, But we went. You know, Jeff Healy was a really generous fellow, Marty. Mm -hmm. Because I don't remember. I don't know if you remember this, but we had a uh, a electric violinist who came on the show, an Israeli guy, and he was good, but he was a difficult fellow. And I asked Jeff. Would you mind if he came down and joined you on stage at Healy's, which was a club that he owned downtown? Yeah. And Jeff said, "Sure." And I went down with this Israeli guy, right. and, and and I'll tell you, man, Jeff was so generous of spirit, yeah, so loving and so open to helping musicians who wanted to develop. This he guy was came very up, very caring. Yeah, yeah, he was very caring. Guy came yeah. up and he played with him. I want you to know something. I woke up the other morning around four or five in the morning, and I see that Pat Rush, who's a famous guitarist, played with the Allman Brothers, right? Uh, Johnny Winters played with Jeff Healy for many yeah. years, yeah. He uh, he basically said, Jeff, you've been gone for a few years now. I think about you every day. And I invited Pat Rush, based on that, onto my podcast. And, and he, he said, yeah, he's coming on. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm really great. Exci- I'm really excited about it. Wow, your podcast is growing. Yeah, thank God. It's going hot radio. <laughs> and yeah, I am too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any other musicians that come to mind, Marty, who are on the show? Do you remember the guy? He was Russian. I can't remember his name, but he would play the violin, but not the violin. Like, uh, uh, and he would tear the strings apart. He was brilliant. No, doctor, no. doctor, something. Oh yeah, doc. Uh, I know him. He was a young guy. He was yes, a, young and he guy, was, Russian he, guy, about twenty-two years old. And he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, he would, the strings would fall apart, right? Because he was playing so hard on the strings. Yeah, he was unreal. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I think too, Marty, because you were the fellow who invited guests on, right? I really think you gave a lot of people the opportunity to be heard, and you might even push their career forward. Would that be appropriate to say? I, I'm not sure, but I hope that uh, you know every little bit helps, and and getting somebody some uh, time to play on the some airtime was really valuable for everybody. Like, would people come up to you after the show finished in 2005 or 2006? Would they come up to you and say, "Marty, thank you so much for having"? They would, and they'd say, "Thank you for the experience." They would. They they'd say, "We we just felt." renewed we felt revitalized we felt alive when the whole thing was over and it, not just the music but the talking and the entertainment and the you know the kumbaya moments were really yes. amazing because it just it all came together we didn't we 
you know, ended the show with a, you know, thank you to everybody and sort of a blessing. And it was really magical by the end. I, I really didn't want to leave because it was all these people and food and everything you could dream of and the music and you being there and you and I. And it just, it seemed to never end. Five years with uh, 640 and five years with uh, a CFRB and the moments never end. And even the, the people that helped us were always so helpful. Yeah, they were. They were always so caring, and they were our friends. And there was a girl, Pat, and Mike Petroniak, and there was so many. We didn't need 10 helpers. No. But we had them there to eat anyways and to also enjoy our moment. And you would send food home with them. I did, yes. Yes, a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a lot of food to the different radio stations, yeah. too. Yeah, no, it, it's very true what you're saying. It was, I think it was it was a decade uh, w- which would be impossible to recreate. Decadence. It, there was an aspect of it which was decadent. Yes, decadence. No question. Yeah. Food and more food right. and more food and more food. Right. Um, but we did such cool stuff that nobody else was doing. Marty, do you remember the wedding we did? Yeah, the Jewish. It was a full yeah. wedding. It wasn't a Jewish wedding. It was a wedding. That's it was right. a full wedding. With a pastor. What was his name? He was... Um, pastor McDougal then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, was. I know Gene Mascardelli was one of the priests. And then the guy from the vineyard, uh, Don... Um, I forget. Don Vinlein. Gaudet. Uh, no, Don Gaudet was the guy that helped us with TV shows. Right, right, right. right. But um, I forget. He had vineyards. And uh, he was there. He was one of the head sh- sh- big shots from uh, putting all the wine together in, in uh, Japan. Oh, okay. So so in the foyer of Toxics 40, yeah. basically you set up an entire wedding. That's right. And I think somebody renewed their vows. Yes, they did. Who, do you remember who that was? I can't remember that. So, so, so someone truth. renewed their vows. Yeah. And we had flowers. Yeah. We had chairs set up. That's right. I don't know how many people. We had pe- priests. We, we had food. Yeah, we had a priest We there. had a whole wedding ceremony. And it was all on the radio. Yes. It was it kooky. It was amazing. Remember yes. how kooky that was? Yeah. Um, and then a little while later, do you remember we did a bris? We did a bris. A circumcision. We did. And a bar mitzvah. You did my bar mitzvah. Your bar mitzvah? Yeah, I didn't ever have a bar mitzvah, so you made me a bar mitzvah. Did we? We made yeah, you, you a bar Yeah, you don't remember a bar mitzvah? Marty Gown, the little bar mitzvah boy? Uh, yeah. Not a bris, but a bar mitzvah. Well, yes. no, you, we didn't do your bris. No, no. no. But, but you know what happened? We didn't really do a bris. A bris is a circumcision. What no, happened? I know. I'm just saying. But no, no, but what happened was I went to a bris uh, the following, the, the, I'm sorry, the, yes, the day before. Yeah. And, and a bris is where a moil who is a doctor generally, comes and he snips off. Chop, chop. Well, yes, chop, chop, if you like. <laughs> uh, the way it happens is like this, is, is, is a moil is there, he's a, he's a doctor, and basically what he does is he chops the, or he cuts off the foreskin of a, of a eight-year-old, uh, I'm sorry, an eight-day-old child. Yeah. And that is a covenant that God created with the Jewish people that baby boys will have their foreskins cut off. Correct. So he went, I went to a bris and I recorded it. Yeah. Right? So I got all the ambient noise, all the people around, the rabbi calling up the moil, and then the baby crying, right? And I brought it into the studio. We did great production in those days. Very good production. I love doing Remember we did sound effects too? With yeah, that, we had tons of sound guy. effects. I forget his name. He was the sound uh, editor and he, he actually married the girl that... Uh, David Rome? Uh, no, I forget he's an his artist name. now. Um, 
he was a sound effect guy, and he he worked with the the girl that was one of our helpers. Is that right? And I can't remember. I don't his remember. Name. Yes, but but I but I did this. I put this on on a cassette, sort of. Yeah. And played it, and and we pretended that we were doing a bris. Right. So we we did a wedding. We did a circumcision. Um, what what were some of the other things? Well, we we um. We did a lot of like weddings. We did. Um, uh, we also did uh, ceremonial things, type of things, different uh, ceremonies. Christmas shows, Christmas shows, Two Hanukkah guys. shows, um, Passover shows. Yeah, we did an Easter show. We did, you know, uh, Hanukkah show. We did a Chicky Gallon show. Your mother and my I mother was Chicky mo- Gallon, and we honored her. Who were the guests who came on to remember? It was my cousin, uh, my cousin Robbie, and my cousin. Um, it was uh, I th- not Donna, uh, Susie, cousin Susie. Okay, and okay. they all came on. And actually, uh, um, my aunt Myrna came on she to the also. show. Yeah, and your mom, your mom, and had my passed. mom. Well, we um, we did one with her alive, and then one with her dead. <laughs> we did radio, and we did a beautiful job of it. At the same time, you also decided we were going to start doing TV. I did decide we we're going to do TV. Yeah. So the first show that we did was called The Movable Feast. That's right. We started a show called Movable Feast, and I went to this furniture company, and they were very eager to sponsor our show. It was an amazing show, and we would dress up in different characters. You and I would dress up, and we'd become different people. Everything from fishermen to hippies to gang leaders to women. We do a lot of women. Yeah. The funny thing is about the situation is that you never were an actor. No. God, you weren't. You weren't an actor. You weren't a chef. I was nothing. What were you? What were you? <laughs> nothing. Just, I was nothing. Uh, just a, uh, I was garnished. Joe, yeah, just a Joe guy. Yeah. But your acting seemed to go escalate as you did more acting yes and i couldn't believe it i said avram we're going to be two women and there was once you did a part as a woman as an old lady and uh we were at this place and you were like an old lady trying to get on a stool and and you were so old and you were falling over yeah the stool but your acting escalated you became the like i had no trouble dressing as a woman and you (laughs) you did not no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's positive or not but you just went head on into the different roles. Right, right. You became a fisherman, uh, and then you became a hippie, and then you became um, a Jewish uh, guy. Uh, if you remember, we did a Jewish show. A Shabbos. The funniest thing, he does a Shabbos show yeah, the Shabbos with this show. woman that's about 80. He decides to lift her up off the ground. Well, she was little. She was little and... and uh, she was not the strongest woman. But it was the type of woman you'd want to pick up. You knocked her back out. I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> you knocked her back out. And so the movable feast went on, and it just, we did three seasons of movable feast. That's yeah. 39 shows. Yeah. And each show was different, and we'd use costumes. At one time, we did a green screen. Right. And we did, uh, we, we dressed up as different characters. And uh, I would do Fanny Flapjack quite a bit. And I was Gertie. Gertie. Fanny and Gertie. Hello, dear. Oh, hello. Oh, dear. How are you doing? Oh, I'm lovely. You're looking so robust. Oh, you look like hell, dear. Did you die? Yes, and I came back. Oh, you're so pale. Just to curse you. Yes, God bless you, dear. God bless you, Fanny. You, dear, yeah, you died a slow, sad death, Death. dear. Yes. Yes, you did. But Mm. you're still beautiful. Thank you. Wrinkled. Yes. Wrinkled. I beg your pardon, dear. Wrinkled. Tinkled. What is that? You got a tinkle, dear. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we did that, and then we did Hello, dear, it's Fale Flapjack here. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a lot of characters. Yeah. They, they we have no trouble with wardrobe. The movable, movable Feast was really, <laughs> it was an incredible show. Do you have any idea how much the budget was per show? Do you remember? It wasn't very much. Like, how much would it have been? Do you remember? I'd say. $10,000 and the furniture company paid for it. Yes. Um, and, and we would go, like you would say, we would go on set. That's right. Right. So the first one, I think, was a Hawaiian show. We did a Hawaiian show. We roasted a whole pig, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I think my mother might have seen that. I think she she almost Rolled collapsed. Over. Yeah, collapsed. <laughs> she should collapse. We, well, we did the wine show, but remember, we did a full pig. And then we did a show, and it was the funniest show. It was an Italian show. Yeah. But the guy made homemade wine. And by the end, everybody was drunk. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny because we pretended it was this woman's 80th birthday. And she said, hey, Louisa, <laughs> it's not my birthday. And the, the mother said, look, honey, if you get a birthday, take it, even Just though it's it. not your birthday. Yeah, be happy with what you get. So we did different things. We went out to a farm. Is that the one we went We out? did. We Remember did. I went in with the cows? And That's said, right. right. And I dressed as Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. Right, right. Yes. Right. That was fantastic. You. Oh, I got to tell you, and just to reiterate what you were saying, and you've been doing this for years, dressing up like women. Thank you. No, because I saw a show that you did 30, 40 years ago. I was two. You were magnificent uh, uh, as a woman. Magn you were beautiful. Right. We did one in a cafe. What, which one was that? That was a, a, an interesting one. It was in Oakville. In Oakville. And we did a French singer uh, song. Oh, yeah. And I was like a French singer, uh, like a lounge singer. Sing that a little in Jonathan. French. Jonathan. Sing that a little in French. I don't remember. Hello. Ooh, Thank dolly. heavens for little boys. boys. You were great. They grow up in the most delightful way. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. It was called Jonathan's Restaurant. Correct. And we sat at the end of a, a, a piano and sang. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you were so natural. I was always nervous. But you... you, you but uh, I pulled it off. You pulled it off. You actually were a great conspirator. You were a conspiratory. <laughs> what about Medieval Times? Medieval Times was probably one of the best shows we've ever I done. I was up on a horse, remember? Yeah, you were on a horse. Dressed were, like a knight. And you were fighting and you were, you know, and I thought you were going to end up dead. Yeah. And uh, we did Medieval Times with all the sound effects and all the people. Uh, we also went uh, to New Orleans. And uh, you didn't come, but I went on my own to New Orleans. Did we do a show from there? New Orleans, yes. A movable I, feast? Uh, yes. Oh, I did okay. a show in New Orleans. Okay. And okay. I met all the people from New Orleans. And you didn't couldn't come, but you ended up doing the, the final scene. In the, we had a limo. We had a beautiful limo. That would pick and us at up. At first, but before we had the, the car. Before we had the... Um, it was an RV. RV, that's right. And we had a beautiful limo. Yes. And we would drive around in the limo. Oh, fantastic. And uh, he would take us to different places. Now, now, Marty, later on after uh, the Movable Feast, you produced a show called Beer Buddies. I did. What was that all about? It was with six guys, and they were all different guys, uh, Massimo and Neil. And uh, they ended up cooking uh, appetizers, main course, and uh, um, a dessert with beer. Mm -hmm. And we did two seasons of Beer Buddies. Was it successful by and large? It was. People loved it because it was a different concept with cooking with beer. And then I did uh, Buddies on the Vine, which was all about cooking with wine with my friend Kevé. Yeah. Now, and the amazing thing about these shows was that you would get high-end uh, restaurateurs or chefs to come right. out, and they would be part of each and every episode. And did, did you love doing television? Did you love doing radio? Which one did you prefer? How could I not love doing television yeah. or radio? Right. It was such a time that I thought it was never going to end. 
Yes. And um, yes, I loved radio. I loved dressing up. I loved the fact that we could be together and, and you know, one minute we're fighting and screaming and the next minute the light goes on and it's, hello, how are you? Right. So did I love it? Yes. Do I miss it? A hundred percent. It's uh, when you've had such a, a vivacious career and so alive and well that you um, you miss those moments. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my life has changed so drastically mm-hmm. that uh, it's been a, a major change in my life to go from where I was to where I am and yet to keep going. I um, you know, had so many high times and amazing times that they were just escalating one time after another. And I felt alive and well and felt that I was I had a purpose. Yes. And I guess about uh, nine months ago, probably more than a year ago, I uh, went through a crisis realizing I had uh, kidney problems. Um, The doctor said you need to get this taken care of and you need to, um, you know, take some drastic measures. Um, I didn't want to accept it and I thought there's no way I can't be dying with kidney disease. I'm a healthy person. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I was quite ill and um, I guess my friends called me together and said, uh, you're gonna get through this. How do you get through something that you think you're not gonna get through? My legs stopped working, I stopped walking, um, and I thought, there's no way I'm gonna get through this. And what the doctor said to me was that, if you don't do dialysis, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what I thought was, I don't really wanna die. No. No. But I don't know if I can live. So I didn't know, could I die or live, or what am I supposed to do? Yes. And uh, we had a meeting uh, with friends, and I said, you know, I don't want this to be one of those meetings where, you know, you sort of, what do you call it? Um, My last wounds has the money. That's right. And uh, they all sat down, you all sat down and said, uh, we want you to live, and we'll help you through this. Yeah. But, you know, I... I couldn't go, I was so sick, I'd lost 70 pounds. Yes. And uh, I was living on boost, and um, you know, I just didn't know how to live or how to die. Like, it's not easier to, it's not easy to live and it's not easy to die. But I guess I wanted to live and um, got through, the doctor put me in hospital for two weeks. Yes. Because I was very ill. Everything is an adventure. The adventure, of course, it's hard to talk about the wonderful times, the radio, the TV, the glamour, mm-hmm. the, the joy, the, the, the effervescence of feeling alive and vivid, and then to have your life shattered in front of you. Um, but, you know, I'm doing better. Thank God. Yeah, I'm doing and much we better. Happy you not a hundred percent. We happy. We're happy you are. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Part of this show, Marty, today is to me it's a celebration of how you're doing. Right. It really is. Like we, you could not have done this show three months ago. No. Right. But I don't 
know if I could even talk about it. It was so painful yeah. to let go. That's true. How do you let go of something that you love so much? Yes. How do you let go when it's all, you get older, it it, it, it vanishes some of the things that, who you were and, and, and the things that you did in your life. Unfortunately, the sad thing is with life is that the older you get, people don't really want an older person doing the jobs they want young people i mean granted but how do you feel about doing the show today well it's lovely vivid memories it's yeah. it's alive and well and it's as you talk about it it becomes even live more alive yeah you know life gets life when you when you um live life and you talk about life you're living life you're alive right. and, so, I, and i have to tell you something doing this show together with you recreates in my mind that symbiosis that partnership we used to have which was brilliant marty i, I watched the laurel and hardy movie the other day and when i finished i got off the phone and i was crying and really part, part, yes part of it was because of memories of what you and i used to have yeah and i thought you know what i'd like to i'd like to relive some of those and that's yeah. when i called you and i said let's do a show together right this show right here now yeah. it's a podcast and we're only new, but I'll tell you, it's you and I have magic together. We did, and we do. We absolutely had magic. Like right. we, we, we still do our shtick together. Like for instance, we'll go into a let's say a store together, yeah. and a woman will come over uh, and say, "Oh, to you," she'd go, "Oh, you just look lovely in that shirt that you're wearing," and I'd go, "Oh, yeah. thank you very much," and you go, "She's not talking to you." Yeah, and yeah, like we yeah. do this over and over, yeah, yeah, the same yeah. shtick, right? Yeah, and we had this whole cadre of things that we do. But we had a rhythm between us That's that right. worked really well. Yeah, we had great timing and, great and timing. We, enjoy, we enjoyed each other, which yes. was great. Yes. It wasn't hard to work with you no. sometimes. Well, we used to argue a lot. <laughs> yes. Fight like dogs. I mean, uh -huh. once we, we did a show, it was a remote down on Danforth. Oh, yes. And that morning, I had put my my dog Max down. Right. And I wanted to talk to you I about said to dog. you, I said, yeah. So I said, Marty, uh, I, I want you please not to mention Max. Do not talk about it because I'm forlorn. Right. I'm sad. I grieving. didn't know the meaning of forlorn. You did not? No. <laughs> right. That was the problem. <laughs> so anyways, so they flip on the radio and welcome to Marty and Avram and go, so Avram, you put down your dog this morning. I didn't say it like oh, that. God. That's exactly how I you, I have the tape. I'm going to send it over. I will over. not stand here and take this from <laughs> I'm you. I'm going to FedEx the tag <laughs> tape over to you. And I got so angry with you. I said, I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you can't do that on radio. And, and what, what, <laughs> what do you feel about your life? What? It's taken a lot of changes. You mm -hmm. you developed via Hafta. You've you, you're part time at via Hafta. Right. You have a boy that's thirteen. Thank God. What about your life that you now have? You know, over the years have changed. What has changed with you? What has changed with me? Mm -hmm. Oh well, I'm older. Yeah, I'm fifty eight. I'll be fifty nine in April. Muzzle tough. Thank you. Um, and uh, that certainly brings uh, a whole lot of things along with it my view of the world is different hopefully i'm wiser right but when i look back on my life i am satisfied that there are things that i have actually accomplished right one of which is the decade that you and i worked together amazing and i think too just to be repetitive for a moment that few people will ever experience what we experienced amazing you and I. so yeah. i have that yeah i mean I love you dearly because it's almost as though we were in a marriage. That's right. We would be in touch five, six, seven, eight times All a day. All the time. Yeah, <laughs> ten times a day. Don't call me so much. Yeah. 
and we would write together and we would yeah. sing together right we did these huge shows together down in ontario place. oh yeah huge remember shows. we were yeah. up on stage there that's right at ontario place it was huge. a huge show yeah did did you you you've had some loss in your life yeah i, I lost guess my the, mom great, the greatest loss was your mom and still mm-hmm. uh it it torments you what for you to walk away and lose her what was the hardest thing for you to do to lose her to to say goodbye or was that something that yeah it's still painful i know yeah well i would i would say thank god it didn't torment me my father's death tormented me because we didn't have closure he and i were not close but and that was a problem yeah but with my mother she liked me and she loved me yeah and if you have someone in your like life who has both who does both for you you are very lucky and my mother made me feel very special how come what did she do i think it was her character was her personality i think she appreciated my way i think she appreciated what you and i did yeah she loved it even though the non-kosher stuff because she was a religious jew right you know and she's well do you have to talk about bacon that's right yes (laughs) right and 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 she just and i started a non-profit called via hafta right which is a jewish humanitarian organization still running today like 25 staff and i stepped down as ceo i'm now the ambassador but still i have that under my belt right and she really appreciated that i used to invite her out to my galas yes i and remember w- yeah, she was we so would have, proud remember we'd have yeah. mia farrow there yeah. we'd have bob geldoff yeah ellie weasel and i would always speak about my mother when yeah. she was in the crowd yeah i would say ladies and gentlemen welcome to starry nights it is my honor to have in the crowd with us tonight my very very dear mother and my mother was an entertainer remember yeah, yeah. she was, she was bit, very entertaining she was like a flapper yeah. sort of and she would stand up and wave in this right. gorgeous silver sequin thing she was yeah. wearing um i was so happy to give her that marty yes and i think the flip side was she was grateful to have a son who was able to do these things right and who succeeded yeah. you know and what do you think's the best thing she gave you i think the best thing my mother gave me was confidence mm-hmm confidence that i was worth being liked right and and i I know a lot of children who don't have that either from their parents or from their school they just don't feel liked enough they don't feel worth it my mother convinced me that i was worth it right you know i write for the canadian jewish news and i have been since 2001 um there was a time i was writing four articles a month i know she would clip them all out really and she would put them i don't do that I'm not terribly good with my own stuff. Yeah. Um, and just by virtue of doing things like that, creating an, an Avram archives, like she yeah. used to call it, that was like, wow, yeah. someone is focusing on me. And yeah. that person who's focusing on me is my mom. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. It's great that you could share the moments with her. My mom gave us laughter. I put it on the she tombstone. Did. Yeah, she She'd did. always have a dirty joke or Chicky. a joke. Chicky. I named my dog Chicky. Yes. And um, so she gave us laughter. Um, the weird thing is, Avram, somehow as time goes on, we don't really think about some of the people because mm-hmm. they sort of fade. Everybody, everything becomes a, kind of a, a lost world or a, a shadows. It all enters yes. into shadows yes. when, when people sort of disappear from your life. Of course, you still think about them, but the numbers get less and less. Mm-hmm. My Aunt Myrna's 96. And, um, you know, it's just the, the shadows become more and more clear as, as time goes on. 
It's true, Marty, but they're always in our heart. They're always in our they soul. Are. They like are. when I look at you and I think about who you are, I didn't know your mother. I think I met her a couple of times. You did, yeah. But still, I know that Chicky is a huge part of who you are because your mother... I saw some old videos of your family. You guys yeah. used to dance on the porch. Oh, she used to dance, yeah. She used to go out to these shows, and right. she'd play bingo, right? Yeah. That was infectious. Right. And if you're if you're, if you're you're nothing, Marty, you are a partier. You right. love to have people around, Food, right? joy. Those dinners that you <laughs> oh, used dinners, to make, yeah. well, they were epic. Yeah. Absolutely epic. I liked them. It was fun to uh, eat and also to cook. To cook, but well, then you would always add a component to it, which was... Uh, there would always be speeches. Right. Remember? Right. Right. <laughs> Long speeches Long. about how much we loved everybody. And yeah. Yeah. We, um, what's the future for you? So I'm excited about my podcast. Right. I really am. I think that there's great potential here. Um, I'm basically doing one and a half hour or so interviews with people. Right. Of all backgrounds. Uh, you know me. I'm very uh, fascinated. Yeah. By humankind. And uh, I'm going to pursue that. I'm investing in it. I just got a social media company on board. I'm going to continue to take care of my son. He should be well forever. Right. His bar mitzvah is coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still do some humanitarian work, which is really important to right. me. Um, and uh, my family and friends, whom I love dearly. So my life is pretty full. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, I don't, I can't really say. At right. This Not point. right now. Right. No, I can't. And I don't know. You know, dialysis takes a long time. Yes. And I'm still not really comfortable with it. I am comfortable, but it's, um, there's so many days where I don't get out or I don't, I'm not with people, but I try and get out and I try and be as positive as I can. Um, I'm much better with the dialysis than they said you would. My, I mean, of all things, me who loved food, taste buds gone completely. Yes. It's hard to imagine. But they've come back. They've come back. The tastes have come back. The flavors have come back, and um, and the simple moments. Yeah, yeah. Going to Costco, going with you, you know, sitting and talking, or going to—they're only simple moments because that's all really I have now mm -hmm. is simple moments mm -hmm. with Gloria, with uh, Mateo, uh, amazing friend, who you know on Saturdays spends the whole day with me, amazing man, and plays chess, and and then takes me for dinner and. Uh, those Saturdays are the hardest because they're long days. Yeah, and um, you know it's. I don't know if there's a future. I mean, I'm hoping that there's some future, but you know, it's. Um, we've come full gambit in our life. We've come from this amazing time, you know, young and and virile and excited and 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 living life, and we still live life, but we we took extra humps, extra pieces of the cake when we lived our life because we we could live like no one else lived yeah yeah tasting flavor uh experiencing talking communicating yeah. so we really had the best as we go through what we've gone through right now the most amazing times who could ask for tv radio you know, trips to New Orleans, trips to Chicago. Right, right. We've had the most amazing time, and we did it together. So as much as it's sad, it's still living it alive and again yeah. and seeing, you know, the Jose Felicianos or, or you know, the biker. We were bikers and talking to this big guy who made chili and all the moments that you, you treasure. 
And I guess that's what life is. You you remember some of the moments, you try and forget some of the moments. It, would you say that that decade was one of the greatest of your life? Would I say what that was That decade, great? those 10 years. Probably the greatest. Yeah, probably yeah. the greatest. And, and <laughs> they the were most, wonderful. The most uh, exciting, and uh, I thought they would never end. Honestly, I no, know. I thought it would never end because 10 years doing radio. It's a long time. Yeah, 10 years doing radio yeah, and TV. Yeah, that's funny. People could, uh, like producers, they could never figure out what it was that we were doing right. No. Because they would look at us and they'd think, oh, those guys are clowns. Yeah. Right? But, or foolish, yeah. But we had a huge following. Yeah. Rabbis used to listen to our show on the way to funeral yeah. Sunday mornings, they and would tell me. And people still, to yeah. this day, go, yeah. aren't you those guys, those crazy guys? I remember a woman said her husband was dying from cancer. Mm. She said, every day I would turn in, tune in to you guys and watch you and or hear you. And she said... We never forget, and they still go. Aren't you that guy? What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Avram. <laughs> Avram, yes. No, they would always. Aren't you uh, Marty? <laughs> so no, I I think so. I hear this all the time too. When sometimes I'll be with someone and they'll say, "Oh, what's your name?" I'll say, "My name's Avram." They'll go, "You're you're not Avram from Marty and Avram." I go, "Yeah." They go, "Oh, I love that show." How do they remember the names even? You know, they're catchy names, Marty. Yeah. And not only that, look at us. I mean, yeah, right. You, you can't forget. Schleppers. Yeah. <laughs> like you're wearing red glasses that don't even have glass in them. <laughs> you love your glasses so much. These big I do. Red. Marty's wearing these big, round, red glasses because you've always mm. worn glasses. Now you don't need them. Yes. Because you had that laser thing. I did have that laser but thing. But you're wearing thing. these big, red glasses, and they don't even have glass in them. <sighs> Do I people know. come up to you and like put their they finger do. They through? They put their finger. They put their fingers in, in my eye. In your eye. Yeah. yeah. What is... The greatest thing you've done and the thing that you're sorry for in your life. The greatest thing that I... <laughs> the greatest thing that I... <laughs> Who's doing the interview here? No, Me or you? no, it's all good. Um, Truthfully. I the, think the greatest thing I've ever done was having my son. Yes. Yeah, what was your second question? And what's the hardest thing you've ever had to do? The most difficult thing that I heart ever had attack. to... Heart attack? Yeah, I had two heart attacks. Those weren't easy. Um, the food at the hospital was terrible. Right. Remember we did a hospital food show? Oh, yes, we did. It was awful, oh, eh? Terrible food. And food on an airplane. <laughs> British British Airway had the best food. And I think the most difficult thing was losing people whom I love. Yeah. yeah. Saying yeah. goodbye? Saying goodbye and just knowing that, you know, I believe in the afterlife. Do you? Uh, I'm not sure. You're not sure? I don't understand it. Okay. Yeah. That's honest. How, how about you? My greatest and worst thing? Yes. My greatest thing was enjoying my friends and and people and and like I said, the simple moments that I've enjoying still, um, going out for dinner or uh, going to Costco and things like that. Those are really wonderful moments. Of course, the TV show, the radio show. The saddest thing is is saying also goodbye to so many people. I know. It's it's uh, um, it's kind of a void where you feel. They've where where did they go? Where yeah, did this right. big where family go? Yeah, where did you know? The weirdest thing was my sister's brother, my sister's husband died, and um, I went to the funeral, and it was the strangest thing because yeah, yeah. all the hate that she had and all the anger that she had with me and her son, it dissolved. It just disappeared that happens you know like that death changed everything yeah, in her happens. life yes yes you know and it's like in a blink of an eye everything was changed mm -hmm. i could call her she would call me back and it the saddest thing is Avram, that 
why do we have to wait so long to find what we're searching for? Or why are we so angry? Why are we so angry that we've been angry for so long? So that that's a, that's a really good... What do we do? That's a very good way to end the show. Yeah. Because uh, let us all be hopeful right. about our potential to change, Yeah. about uh, the capacity to recreate relationships which may have fallen apart, to embrace those people whom we've been angry with for many years, 100%. And mostly, Marty, and I think people can uh, probably learn this from us, not me- meaning to be arrogant or anything, but pursue your dreams like we did. Mm-hmm. Those 10 years were magical, and right. I, I will never forget them, and I will always cherish them. And I thank you, my dear friend, for initiating most of it because it was so much you. It was. You were the one who put it forward. You were the one who got the guests. Really, you were the one who shaped it. And uh, I was almost like along for the ride. So I love you very much, and I'll always be grateful for you, for what you've done for me, opening up new worlds for me here downtown when I was up north in you know the Jewish community. I felt a little choked. You've done a lot for me, Marty. You've done a lot for a lot of people. So I love you very much. And thank you for doing the show with me today. It was delightful. You too. Thank you for uh, all the memories and the yeah. times. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, I didn't think I could be as clear and uh, precise as I've been. But once you start thinking about the memories, they just it all comes back. back. It comes back in your mind. Lord, I want to end the show the way we used to end the show. And how was that? Do you remember this? We used to say... Well, Marty, it's, uh, we're at the end of the show, yes. and uh, you know, people often ask us, what's the best restaurant to go to? The one that makes you feel the best. That's right. The one <laughs> that makes you feel the best. Exactly. Right. So thanks for listening Happy to Hatch Radio. What's that? Happy trails to you. Happy trails, trails to you. you. Until we, we meet, meet again. again. I love you very much. Me too. Thanks for listening to Hat Radio. We will be back soon, and God bless. You've been listening to Hat Radio with Avram Rosenzweig. Sponsored by Goodness and Positivity. Hat Radio, the show that schmoozes. Step inside my living room. Share a little talk. By roads walked and lessons learned. Keeping the flame of faith burning. I want to know where you've been. What you found out. Spread some light in the darkness. Spread it all about In the hat In the hat Put it all in the hat